Welcome to the Luminance Podcast, where we shine the light on the good you are doing in the marketplace. Join host Sharon C. Jenkins, the master communicator, as she talks with iconic industry experts about the importance of being a servant leader in today's transitional world. Greetings, everyone. This is Sharon C. Jenkins, and I just want to say hello, hello, hello. It's good to see you, and I am so thrilled to welcome you to Luminance today. I think my guest has taken a brief hiatus, but I assume he will be back soon. I just want to say this is the podcast where we shine the light on people who are doing good things in the earth. And one of the most beautiful opportunities that we get here at Luminance is the opportunity to shed the light on some unsung heroes. And I am very thrilled to say that Dr. Ross Beach is one of those heroes of faith. I love who he is. I love what he represents. He is a true minister of the gospel. And when I say that, his life speaks to the ministry of the gospel through the, the through the through service and through works. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Uh, Dr. Beach, can you hear me? Unmute and you'll be fine. It's okay if we don't see your picture. Okay. He received a PhD from Michigan State University with a major in agriculture and, ex and extension education. There he is. His wife, Inky Leslie, served, they both served 47 years with the Evangelical Alliance Mission in Korea, and they were on a special assignment. As a result, they gained extensive cross-cultural experience, having visited 40 countries and lived in four countries. He speaks English, French, and Korean. He has taught workshops and seminars on Christian community development. He's done online courses for Crown College and participated as a guest speaker at Wheaton College Graduate School, Calvin College, Michigan State University, and Moody Bible Institute. He recently wrote a book about those 47 years on the mission field. It is titled Dying to Live. And one of the wonderful things about it is today he's going to tell you where you can go and purchase this book. I can tell you from reading the synopsis, I mean, my heart was moved. I was like, whoa, that is true ministry. And I want to say welcome, 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 Dr. Beach. Okay, so tell me, who are you? 
Well, thank you, Sharon. You, uh, you've learned a lot about me, I guess, already. So uh, to this day and age, uh, communications are something else. But basically, uh, this all goes back to high school, I guess, at a church camp. Uh, I always thought I knew everything about God, I've learned about him, but uh, I began to find out that it's a personal relationship that really counts. And I'd never done that. And uh, that's what started me on this life journey. Wow, wow. And then did college come before marriage or after marriage? Well, during, I guess you'd say. <laughs> uh, I was a junior. So I finished my junior year when we were married. So oh, we both wonderful. had a year of college left. Okay. That so was a lot of popcorn and, uh, <laughs> and pancakes. Oh, that is cute. Popcorns and pancakes. So tell me a little bit about the call to the mission field. Talk to me about when you knew that God had called you to that type of ministry. I think when God called me, it was to serve. And for three years, I fought it because, you know, I'm not a preacher. I, I grew up on a farm. And at the end of that three years of frustration, I I just turned to God and said, well, God, you know, all I know is I grew up on a farm and I can't stand in front of a church and preach and the lights went on. God says, that's who you are. That's all I want. And uh, that's why I went to agricultural missionary work and wow. working in the community. I tell people, they say, how many churches do you plant? I say, no, I, I plant seeds. I take the church to the village. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I understand your wife went with you. Tell us well, a little bit about her. Well, we went to high school together. And uh, I noticed that this young lady was a great uh, a new farm background. She grew up at a farm. She was a part of a Bible study group. And I thought, well, that's the kind of person that could probably tough it out. <laughs> and she did. She was great. Wow. Wow. And so the book Dying to Live, which is a great title, is about what? About your journey? Talk to me a little bit about that. I was asked a question over 50 years ago. Ross, you're an agriculture person. What does this verse mean? I don't know. John 12, 24, except a seed of grain drop into the ground and die, it will not produce much. In fact, it won't produce at all. And I got thinking about that as a terrific lesson because that's who we are. And if we want to hold on to that outer covering that protects us and stay within the seed, we'll never do anything. But you've got to give up the seed and that little living embryo in the middle of it is what grows. And unless the seed gives up to itself, the embryo lays in the ground and eventually uh, dries, I guess, and dies. <laughs> So uh, that's what it was in our life, because if you hold on to yourself, that servant role will never come through. You're serving yourself, not God. So it was dying to live. Oh, I love it. It wasn't I physical. <laughs> I didn't I die it. and then live. It's dying to live. Oh, wow. Dying to self, to live an abundant life for the glory of the kingdom. Yeah, we actually started in Korea for five years is where we learned Korean, but uh, 
Chad was born into our mission through a merger and we were requested if we might consider going because of the agriculture needs so great there. Over 90% of the people, you know, they, they don't have jobs. They, they live from the ground and uh, a famine hit really severe 84, 85. They had nothing, not only to eat, but they'd eaten what grain they had saved to plant. Oh. So they had nothing to plant and here is planting season is coming. And uh, it, it, was, it was hard to describe. Nobody that I know here has gone through something like that where you have nothing. The government tried to send a delegation to five neighboring countries that came back empty handed. Oh. They couldn't find enough grain to import. And through a contact we had, uh, 220 tons was flowing in. You could load 110 tons out of 747, mm. but you can't land it in Chad. Mm -hmm. oh. We had to land it in Niger, put it on six smaller planes to get it into Chad. But 10,000 families got 40 pounds a piece to plant. And it was free to them, but on the condition they returned 40 pounds, it's harvest because we knew the next year was going to be bad. We carried it over into the next year and repeated it. Year three, they were on their own and uh, they were back on their feet. 10,000 wow. families. Wow, that's huge. Sounds like a Joseph call to me. It, it had to be God because, well, it's, it's a crazy story, but I went to the World Food Organization. They had dozens of trucks. We had one four-ton truck. How do you move 220 tons? That requires two days per trip. So I went and asked if they could release their trucks. And they said, no, we are famine aid, not seed planting. <laughs> if you don't plant this year, you're going to help them again next year. And uh, he sent me to the Europe, Europe Common Market representative. And he said, well, it's this many ton, this many kilometers, this much per ton, about $10,000. I said, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't have $10,000. He said, well, no, no, take this contract back to the World Food Organization and they'll give you trucks. I was there yesterday. They said, no. <laughs> he laughed, said, take it back. So I go in the same man I'd met, not even 24 hours sooner, says, how many trucks and when do you need them? Wow. That was a, a no miracle or a small miracle either. That is huge. That is huge. So talk to me about confronting rebel soldiers. Well, wow, that's huge. My dear friend, a pastor that I'd known for several years, we met him in France when we were there in language study. His son was the head of the rebels in our territory. Many of our neighbor kids had joined the rebels. It was more or less a division between North and South Chad. And the rebels in our area were causing trouble. So we were at a very close line between who are we? Are we with the government or are we with the rebels? But uh, we were able to live through that. Uh, we were watched very closely, but uh, the rebels respected us because they knew us. And the government respected us because we didn't cause particular trouble. So uh, we did have some interesting situations, so. 
Oh, I can imagine, I can imagine. And tell me a little bit about this cerebral malaria. Tell me about that particular incident. It happens on actually three occasions with my wife and uh, we didn't realize it at the time, but uh, our medical director said to have it once and recover without any permanent handicap is no small miracle. And uh, later, our math pilot's wife, that's Missionary Aviation Fellowship wife, had a headache one morning. I said, maybe I shouldn't fly today. And uh, she said, no, I'll be all right. At noon, she was dead. Oh. An Irian Jaya missionary, we were requested to pray for him one evening, and uh, the next morning, he was dead. It attacks the brain cells so severely you have a, a splitting headache and your body no longer functions. So uh, it was that good. <laughs> but Inky survived it. She's a fighter. Wow. Wow. That just goes to show you uh, that when you are on the mission field for God, he does protect you. He does keep you. He does sustain you. So uh, with this wonderful, wonderful adventure that you went on, what are you walking away with? What is the lesson learned from this adventure? Well, I use three words, faith, obedience, commitment. Without faith, the Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God. And if you have faith and it affects your life, you can do nothing but obey. And if you obey, you're committed. So uh, there's many, many, many more stories behind that, but uh, uh, our time may be little, more limited, but that's basically the core of it, faith, obedience, and commitment. And I repeat those words over and over to myself, still learning. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. I love this. So give me a little snapshot of what the book is about. This is uh, our last question, but I love the cover. I love the title and I can't wait to read it. Well, the cover is actually two shots, one of a plant living and one of the ground. I wanted the story to show that the plant came out of the ground, you know, the seed doesn't show up. So that's the basic of that. But uh, the I'm coming back to your question now. <laughs> I got excited about the cover part. <laughs> you had mentioned, uh, what was the question? The question was, uh, give us a little snapshot of what's in the book. Well, basically it's uh, a personal journey. Uh, my wife actually, she died uh, a Good Friday, 2020, yeah, 2020. And I'm sitting here, COVID lockdown. I said, I'd never write a book, but I had no more excuse not to. So it is very personal, uh, relating at the time of my death's wife, but much of the book is from her. Uh, a trip across the Sahara Desert we made in 1974 when our daughter was nine years old. And, uh, mm. and uh, those journeys, we learned so much from it. I wanted to share that with others because 
I want people to know that if you could lean on God, the harder he supports you. <laughs> you can't just kind of hold one foot back behind, but uh, that's basically, I think, the purpose of the book, just to encourage people, look, faith is so important. And it's on the basis of that that we can please God. And uh, it's it's not what we deserve, but it's how we serve. Mm -hmm. It's not what you expect from God, but what God expects from us. And that's what I wanted to communicate. That's a high calling. So how can people get the book, Dr. Beach? Well, Dying to Live, I think they'll remember the title. Just add to that all one word. Dying to live book order. Okay. Dot com. Okay. Keep oh, it simple. <laughs> Dying to live book order.com. I love it. Well, I want to say thank you so very much for being my guest today on Luminance. It has been my honor, distinct honor, to shine the light on your life. But I also want to ask one final question, and that is what would you say to someone who is searching for their God purpose and he gives them an unusual purpose, just like he gave you to go and preach? And it never, the thought never entered your mind. Well, there's another book, The Purpose Driven Life, which you might have heard. I think that's a big part of it. What is your purpose in life? And, uh, what motivates you? Uh, when the mouse went to see the queen and everybody says, oh, what did you see? And you know, the doors open, the queen's on the throne, the mouse, he saw the, I mean, the cat saw the mouse. <laughs> it was a mouse that was there and the cat was coming, I got it backwards. The cat saw the mouse under the queen's chair. He didn't see the queen. Mm -hmm. So what motivates? And that's what pushed me to write it. I love it. I love it. Well, one last time, how can people contact you for future interviews and also to get the book? Well, I think that uh, I guess it's I could give my email through the public this way. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's just my name with three numbers, 129 at yahoo.com. Okay. All right. And if I remember correctly, they can purchase the book at dyingtolivebookorder.com. Thank you so very much, Dr. Beach. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? Well, I just appreciate it, Sharon. And I'd sure like to meet you sometime and we can chat a long time. Yeah. Well, you know what? When I come to Michigan, I'm going to look you up. I, that's a promise. I take it. Oh, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. I, um, I'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> but I I was there two years ago. But it's time to come back. Yes. And that was a great time. We're right by the lake. Yes. Lake Michigan. Oh, oh, oh. you you are really pulling my chain. I We're only about three, four miles from the lake. I am really getting closer to you as we speak. So I will let you know when I'm in Michigan again. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed visiting with you. And uh, I think we get along great. Yes. I think we did a great job too. Have a good one. Okay. Listen, 
I just want to say to you, listeners, and for those of you who are viewing this, God is calling you to do something. Will you answer that call? Will you find the courage within you to do the impossible thing that the God of all possibilities is willing to equip you to do. I love Dr. Beach because he made the choice to say yes. And as a fellow sister, I appreciate his testimony more so than I think he realizes. (laughs) Here you get my email. I'm looking for you. Okay. I promise you, I will tell you when. All right. God bless you all. And we'll be back in about eh, 10, five, 10 minutes with another guest. And, uh, but in the interim, if this is where you're leaving us, know that I love you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining our host, Sharon C. Jenkins, on Luminance Today. Tune in next week for a dynamic interview with another iconic expert. Remember that servant leadership is more than an idea. It's a chosen lifestyle.